with no intro. How are we doing on that rebrand? Uh, I don't think How we... are we doing now that uh, nobody's really quarantined anymore and a bunch of kids are going to go back to school in a month or two? Is that going to happen? <laughs> is that really going to happen? Because that is seriously one of the worst ideas ever. Well, you know, there is... Uh, they've been tinkering with the... Um, with the courts, you know, and with, uh, I, I assume, the federal uh, the attorney general, the uh, whatever you call it, the federal defenders, right? Mm-hmm. So suits incoming, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, lots of state suits incoming. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Not what we're here to talk about. No, that's We could true. talk about it for hours and hours because uh, nobody's inside anymore. So we're trying to think of a rebrand of the show and I don't have any ideas except for like we just got the mask order so that's good right uh-huh. so like who was yes. that masked movie or, or something like that or uh, um, the mask sure. we're smoking sure but don't uh, smoke it's right. bad for you um i mean we could go with you know we're going for the mask theme like you know tuxedo mask i don't know oh are you subtly trying to let me not so subtly try to push another show on the just enough trope network uh-huh um now I know how it feels <laughs> to be the last woman that dated, like, George Clooney. Okay. You know how it is? Uh-uh. Right? He's, he dates – he's just da- he's just dating. He's a confirmed bachelor, but, like, you right. know, a straight confirmed bachelor. Uh-huh. And he uh, finally is gets snagged by um, – uh, I can't remember her name, but – His, his she's, wife. You know, she's a she's human gorgeous. rights lawyer, and she's yeah. just like – it's like, okay, well, and I mean, she's yeah. she's gorgeous and accomplished, and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So whoever the last one was is just like – Shit. <laughs> and that's me because um, – and this isn't good, but, oh. you know, somebody's got to profit or, or succeed over it. Uh, but everything that's going on in this horrible shit show of a year, yeah. uh, conflict journalist Robert Evans is having a banner year <laughs> as far as his career is going. You know, uh-huh. he's got like six podcasts running now. Um because, uh, you know, Gestapo, federal secret police are literally on the streets of Portland right. where he lives. He's able to report on that. And he's doing great, excellent work. Wow. And, you know, not 18 months ago, I was talking bullshit in Star Trek with him yes. on my Star Trek show. I'll never get him now. It's yeah, it's over. That's the right. last time. But I had that. I got to talk to him. So if you want to hear me go. talk to now famous conflict journalist and podcast impresario, Robert Evans, <laughs> about Star Trek and about how uh, booze is the cornerstone of civiliza- human civilization, uh, you can hear that on the Enterprising Individuals podcast. There you go. But other than that, the rebrand's not going well. You know who's good at rebrands? Who? David Bowie. Ah, yeah. I guess I hadn't sat and thought about it, but yeah. Literally, from station to station. No, from from song to song, from appearance to appearance, he yes. would change. You know, Madonna's got nothing on him. That's true. And I was, uh, I don't know, just flipping through um, some of his looks the other day. Um, yeah. Would a guy flip through David Bowie's looks? And I... <laughs> What, that's sure, a, yeah. That's, a, that's an ongoing joke on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, I, I lighted on one that was like, that's that's a cosplay. I'm doing that as a cosplay. Oh, yeah? It's Which... interesting. Okay. It's challenging. And it's obscure. <laughs> so that, you know, uh, two people at a con of 8,000 will be like, I good. see what you're doing. Good. It's the screaming. Uh, I'll, show, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm not going to know what this is. It's cause... the screaming Lord Byron from the Blue Jean video. What? Right? And so. Uh, ostensibly, 
Ostensibly, yes, yeah, he's frosted. Like, like it looks like silver hair. Ostensibly, he's doing like a Valentino type thing, right? This is like right out of uh, Arabian Nights or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe we'll have to sort of workshop the cultural sensitivity uh, aspect of that. Yeah, but, I think but maybe. everything else is is incredible because his face is, you know, it looks like there's a light on it. That's all chiaroscuro makeup. And so Whoa. in the video, yeah, in the video you can see. Um, when he like turns his, cause he's uh, performing on stage in the video. And when he like turns around, you can see that all the shadows are, are painted on. It's all made to look like he's in black and white, you know, in a high contrast. Like that's so cool. Yeah. I think it would be maybe blue I mean, jean. I mean, it's okay. It's the whole outfit, right? But maybe slightly less offensive sans turban. Um, well, yeah, I do, you want to do the hair anyway. You so you just the skip the anyway. turban. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. you got the blousy pants and the pirate shirt. Yeah. Paisley pirate shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I've plan. never seen that before. I want to see what I can do. Yeah. I got to lose a lot of weight to be the thin white duke, though. <laughs> no. So we'll see. And I think right before this, he was a, he was a DJ, right? Oh, okay. He, yeah. He is a DJ. He is what he plays. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Man any, of any, many uh, faces. Costume ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's Lon Chaney, but okay. Uh, no, that's a man of a thousand faces. A man of a thousand faces. Who's the man of a, a many faces before Lon Chaney came around and was like, we're going to pin this down to a number? <laughs> Good question. Some guy, yeah, he got uh, tossed right out. Yeah, I don't know. With the garbage. Do I have any cosplay If you can come ideas? up with something in like 30 seconds, because oh, we got to talk about these films. <laughs> Two um, of the most important films well, of all time. Um, I don't have any... Hmm, Nothing really new. Um, so not so. So I guess not really. Okay. So <laughs> sorry, I haven't even. It's I know it's it seems like not why even would worth. I even think about it? But, but at the same but time, at the same time, it, you you need time to plan. You need time to plan, and if, so it, that's so, a good thing. Yeah. To, so I think like if we ever, if there are ever any cons ever again, uh-huh. um, let's hope we're gonna see some fantastic cosplay i think you're probably right i'll let I out think, a couple sizes because we're all well getting real fat well i think some some people are you know have continued to work on their their costumes even though they knew that the cons were going to be canceled sure so, um so there's that too you know what i mean sure no um, look at so, me okay Ladies, sorry i'm i'm distracted look at horse. i'm distracted look, look, look at me okay look back at the horse <laughs> um let's talk about look i i swear we, we flip a coin every episode and you've gone like 10 in a row now you going first but that's where we I are I thought that's and i wanted to mention as before uh, before we go on that uh we don't usually cheat and um look stuff up because this is just our impressions of these films we know they've been around for Years and years, you know, 50 and 60 years uh, in today's case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not concerned with the minutia so much as just enjoying them, but there's, we're going to get yelled at. There's so much minutia on these two films, so I will be probably cheating a little bit, but not <laughs> to distract from the discussion. Uh, talk about your film. Uh, so my film was a little film <laughs> called Easy Rider. Yeah. Um, this is one that's been on my list for a very long time. Um, largely because it's, um, well, you know, it's, it's very iconic, um, and I think has been fairly influential in a lot of ways and is, uh, well, uh, remembered and, and and that, all that, but it just keeps, you know, it's one of those films that I, I feel like you keep hearing about it and it's like, well, 
clearly that needs to be go on my list because clearly that's something that I need to watch if I am a student of film, especially American film. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. And I knew it was a road movie. Uh, yeah, yeah it and is. I, and I knew that they rode motorcycles. Yeah. And that's about it. I didn't even know where their trip, you know, was going to be in America. Yeah. Or, you know? And you so. know it wasn't about Morgan Freeman teaching kids to read. Right. I wish that I should write these down. Yeah. Because we're finding every day in every way there are things that you you have to know. Like you you know who Charlie Chaplin is. Yeah. I know who Charlie Chaplin is. Both of us were. Well, he was. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't know. I mean, he might he might have crossed over one of our lifetimes, but he's been dead for a while. Yes. But we still know because because the boomers got it from the greatest generation. Right, right, right. Everything. But anyway, uh, but uh, there's there's certain things that, like, I go, like, something, something, and you're like, huh? And it's like, okay, write that down, and we're going to chart this yeah. this generational fault line yeah. that does where things don't cross over. And one of them is Easy Reader from The Electric Company. Yeah, I got nothing. Was that, was that a double miss for you there, <laughs> Snake Eyes? Well, um, I know the show... The Electric Company. I don't know. If I wasn't I, allowed to watch it, so I don't know. If I, I barely know it. I don't think I ever watched it. though. Well, this is an easy so, reader. Okay, these guys. I don't think they'd read if you <laughs> forced them to. If you gave them, uh, you know, I'm the Electric Kool Aid experience, maybe. I'm, yeah. Let me talk about what the movie's about. Yeah. Okay. Billy and Wyatt are two bikers, and they have just wrapped up a huge drug deal down Mexico Way, mm-hmm. and this is it, man. They can do it. They can. Check out. They can retire right. from America and right. just find themselves. Right. And that's their plan. And their short-term plan is to go to Mardi Gras mm-hmm. so they can experience the Mardi Gras. Yep. And as they travel through the southwest of the U.S. on their way to New Orleans, they find out the American dream. It's got a dark side. <laughs> Easy Rider. This Friday. Uh, I don't know how you even try to sell Easy Rider now. Yeah, um, right. If you've ever seen Al- uh, Albert Brooks's Lost in America. Yes. Uh, that is, you know, <laughs> a New York Jew's like answer to Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Like, we're going to we're going to check out. We're going to get lost. Uh-huh. You know, we, 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 have, we have the nest egg. Yeah, right. So we're going to. Yeah. And so that's, you know. And then, of course, the movie starts with like, I think they play Born to be Wild. You know, and he's in the Winnebago, and he sees a you know a black guy in a chopper come by, and he's like, "Yeah," gives him the fist, and the guy just gives him the finger. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah." That sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Um. So I'm not sure exactly what I what I was expecting, but this was not exactly what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> do, do we want to lay the groundwork? I mean, people... Yeah. I, a lot of people, I think, are probably in your shoes in that they understand what Easy Rider is or was. Yeah, general and, concept. you know, they maybe got the um, the reference at the end of the first season of Venture Brothers, but maybe it stops there. Mm-hmm. So let's lay the groundwork a little bit. It stars, yeah. of course, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper, co-written by them. It's produced pretty much at the behest of Peter Fonda. I think he more or less got this made. And it's directed by Dennis Hopper. Which I just found incredibly fascinating that they were this much involved with yeah. this film. I did not know that. Uh, Jack Nicholson's in it. Yes. He may have um, contributed to writing. I don't really know because I know that he was an aspiring kind of screenwriter himself. He wrote oh, I didn't know uh, that. The Monkey's Head. 
Okay. And uh, so I was like, where's Mike Nesmith? Was this, Mike Nesmith involved in this at all? I don't think he was. Oh, okay. Um, also, a weird little note here, um, the film Five Easy Pieces, uh, which uh, he's also known for, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. also stars Karen Black. Yes. Who, who is makes a short this. appearance in this, has yeah. a much larger role in Five Easy Pieces. And uh, this was made um, in 69, Easy Pieces made in 70. And Tony Basil appears in both films as well. Oh, weird. Now, who's Tony Basil? Yeah, who is Tony Basil? Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. What? Oh, uh, try it. Put it on the chart. No, I Put know it down. Hey, Mickey. I know Hey, Mickey, but who is to- Tony? Hey, Mickey by Tony Basil. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. A 39-year-old woman gets a pretty high charting. I don't know if it was number one, but out of nowhere. Now, before she what? decided to just record Hey, Mickey. She was 39 hey, Mickey, when she what? recorded that? I'm being nice because she's in her 20s in this movie in 1969. She was a actress, obviously, a choreographer. She choreographed a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, the only thing I, I can think of right now is the Once in a Lifetime, you know, video, the David Byrne. You may ask us, sort of shotgun shack. Or oh, whatever, okay, you know, she okay. She choreographed that. Okay. And so she was a choreographer for a long time and then was just like, I'm going to cut a single. And suddenly was, you know, a chief pop stardom. So interesting wow. life. Who Who was she in this? Was she the other She was the, um, the brunette um, uh, sex worker. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, the cinematography was by uh, Laszlo Kovacs, who did um, this and Five Easy Pieces and has worked with many, many people, classic cinematographer. A lot of um, interesting like, it's a seminal uh, pieces in a lot of ways. with Five with five Easy Pieces. Well, that's, they're maybe five not so easy. easy pieces maybe these pieces are harder than you think. And Easy Rider, both easy in the name. Um, uh, you, you a lot got, of things there. in common. You got yeah, it. Yeah, got there. <laughs> Done. More drugs in this one. Wow, yeah. Although okay. there's a lot of alcohol in the other one. All right. Um, so anyway, stage is set now. American New Wave hmm. starts here. Yeah. Well, it started with, um, well, well, we won't litigate that, but we're, it's it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are. Yes. We this movie was pretty successful uh-huh. on its release, although I, I feel like a lot of people didn't know who they were rooting for necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I get that. I would say nominally, you, you definitely are, are are rooting for 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 the two leads. I, I, I yes, would think so. these two wheeling and dealing cocaine <laughs> suppliers. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I mean, who else do you root for in this? It's With not, their long hair, it's not like the. I don't know who do you root for in the movie that I. Picked, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I know. The theme is conflicted protagonists. Yeah, week. right. Well, I mean, I guess they're not necessarily nominally good guys, right? Because they sell drugs and stuff. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, they're not bad people. But, like... How could they be? You know who this is? This is Captain America, man. Yeah, right. I thought it was interesting you kept calling him Captain America and he's got the flag all over his bike. So I wonder, like... The thing like, is, the way that bike gangs are, and I bet that that is... I mean, the original is, I'm sure, in some rich guy's collection probably. somewhere. They're but cool I think there was bikes. only a couple years where... I'm sure there's plenty of them on the road and like it would be your dream to get one. But the bikers are so right-wing now <laughs> that they, they probably don't even... They probably laugh at Easy Rider. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. these guys, they just wanted to check out, man. 
Well, they... At the beginning of the film, as soon as they complete the drug deal, they get on their hogs. He takes off his watch and, and throws, throws it, it away. Like, screw you, time. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I mean, they're basically... Uh, oh, sorry. They're... They And the, the guy they do the coke deal with at the airport yeah. is Phil Spector, by the way. What? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. I did not realize I, that. I love this movie. I've seen it a couple times, but I, I loved it this time more than I think I've ever loved it before. Wow. <laughs> well, like, they're they're kind of hippies in a way, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you, they want to be. You know, the like. The thing is, is what I don't get is, like, they want to be so much. And I feel like maybe this is the lens of Hollywood because I wasn't alive then. But there seems like a, there's a lot of pressure to relax. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh my god! Everybody's gosh, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. how much they want to chill out, and then they meet somebody, and they're like, "Wait, are they chilling out harder than us? Are we chilling out the right way?" Right. And everybody's supposed to be, and even the guys that are chilling out are like, "We don't know how to grow food, man. These kids are all came from Berkeley. Like, we got no idea. <laughs> like, we need money, well, we need food." And they're like, "Okay, well, we're gonna keep just driving away." Well, I thought that was really interesting, right? Because Dennis Hopper is like. They don't know what the heck they're doing. They're they're not going to grow anything. And uh, Peter Fonda's like, they're going to make it, man. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna totally do it because he wants to believe that. Yeah, he wants to believe. And that also, he you, didn't think about it much, right? But he wants to believe that if you work hard, you'll be rewarded. And that's just like, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know anything about growing well, anything. We, yeah, but. They did not look like they knew what the hell they were doing. And we, they, and we you know, we skipped the um, the beginning or the scene after the beginning where they just kind of show up and they're looking for like, um, you know, some water and a little gas. And they um, stop at a rancher's house and, you know, yeah. they sit down for dinner with the rancher. And they're at the start of their quest for America. Right. You know, they're from L.A. L.A.? Yeah, from Los Angeles. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. yeah. And this guy's like, I was heading up to Los Angeles when I was younger, and he's like this, you know, middle-aged white rancher, and he's got a Hispanic wife. Yes. And he's got, you know, 12 you know, mixed-race kids. Yeah. And it's like, they, they found America right here. This they, this is it. They will be driving away from America Yeah. every mile they go from here on in the movie. Right. Ooh, think about that. <laughs> And the guy's like, uh, you know, and um, Wyatt's like, uh, no, man, you got a re- you got a nice spread here. I you know, know, right? You really made something of yourself. This is great. Bye. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, they don't know what they're looking for. Now, I'm not criticizing no, their true. search. And the fact, and the way this thing ends up, I think is absolutely like a waving of a red flag saying, you know, how could you, you can't even look for what you want to look for. Of course, this was in 1969. It was all written and shot before Altamont before the death of Jimi Hendrix, you know, right. who features in this film. Uh, wow. You know, this is, but this is just, this is that, the crest of the wave, you know, that Hunter S. Thompson writes about. Like, it's starting, now, the disillusionment starts now. And you got well, these. Well, that's definitely in this film. Yeah. And you got sure. these kids who, they don't know that they're going to grow up, grow up to be the boomers and they're going to do whatever they do. But you've got, like, guys like Wyatt and Billy who are definitely too old to tune in, turn on, and drop out. You know what I mean? They're not going to yeah. fit in uh, right. on a, uh, American Bandstand or something like that. Right. So they're just frustrated, and they don't know how to let go of what's already here and has been here for 200 years. And if I sound a little preachy, you know, I don't know. But, you know, just 
capitalism and just the way that we're living our lives in America, you know, the idea know. of you can get what you want, but can you? Yeah, I, I think that that's a really big question throughout the film. Like, can you really get what you want? Yeah. And and do you even know what you're looking for, which is what you Well, were that's you too. That's going to come later. But oh, okay. Yeah. Well. Um, U2's the only band that's not in this film. Well, yeah. They're, the music in this, just to talk about that real quick. It's kind of like a concert film. Yeah, the music is great. I mean, and a lot of it, it like it's like, oh, yeah, I could see this we as a road We bought these songs, song. we're using them. Yeah, they right? They play like most of a lot of these songs. Yeah, they really did. And like their, their large swaths of the film where they, they, they film them and they're just on the road and you see them kind of interacting with each other. But it's it's also, so they're, they're showing that they're traveling they're showing the landscape changing, yeah. showing time passing, but they're also really highlighting and displaying uh, this this great music, too. So Yeah. And every time that, yeah, they're showing them getting their motor running, they're showing them getting out on the highway, they're <laughs> looking for adventure. And they keep sort of <laughs> running into these stations, you know, on this pilgrimage. And every time they, they meet somebody who's, you know, dropping out or whatever, and they're, they're like, it's not for us. Right, right, right. You know I and mean? so they go to the commune, and there's a lot of it's like a theater camp, you know, extra camp. That was, yeah, that and, was uh, much, but yeah, and it I get seems it. all right, you know. And they find some 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 honeys and stuff like that, but they're like, yeah, it's not for us. We got to keep going. Yeah, right. All right, well, where are you where are you gonna end they were, up? They were invited well, to stay. Are you gonna end yeah. up in a in a cemetery on acid? Yeah, <laughs> you you might. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson in this was great. He's <laughs> great. Oh. I, my god yeah, he's, he's good. and like so they they meet him in like a jail cell somewhere i don't even know where they're at at this point um wherever the parade was yeah they they join a parade and they they're like we're just gonna ride our bikes in this parade and the cops are kind of like without a permit you know who this is man <laughs> yeah exactly so they get thrown in jail and i don't even know if they realized there was somebody else in there but like jack nicholson eventually wakes up and like, yeah. and I didn't recognize him for like the first, I don't know, 30 seconds or so, yeah. you know, and then I got a really good look at his face. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if, and I knew he was in this cause I, you know, I saw the credits and everything, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen him this young. Like this is, this is a very young Jack Nicholson yeah. and, um, well, I'll watch five easy pieces. Yeah. Right. Or Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And he drinks. I have seen Cuckoo's Nest. He drinks whiskey like a, like an old prospector. In a, oh my <laughs> God. That movie. was fantastic. <laughs> well, I looked at you because like you do that sometimes, <laughs> like, you know, making fun of people who do that. Yeah. Um, so that was, but he did it like stray faced. Um, and it's like it's he's such an interesting character because he is the 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 fish with legs in this case. You know, he's somebody who I mean, he's a lawyer for the ACLU in the Deep South. I know. And but he's you know he I he said that he would want to drop out if he could. And meeting these guys was like, hey, all right. Little right. does he know it's a uh, you know, road to destruction. But uh, so yeah. he takes off with them. But even in the in his town, and it's his town, but. He's he has more pull than they do, you know. They're thousand heirs, you know, with cool bikes and everything, right? And they're in jail, and he's just, you know, he's in the jail, and he's like, "Can you get us a cup of coffee and some cigarettes?" Oh, thanks. And then later on, he's like, "Okay, now don't tell anybody about this." And yeah. Like, oh, sure. Don't worry about it, Billy, or whatever. Yeah, 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 right. And uh, and of course, yeah, I mean, he's rich and he's privileged, and so yes. But yeah, I just love the <laughs> the fire the fire uh, uh, place place camp scene. Yeah, uh, where they're trying to get him to do weed, and he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to get hooked." 
You know, I, I, I can't get no hangover. I know. <laughs> I can't get it. It's not habit forming. It's the cheapest drug there I is. I know. Uh, and like, he's like, oh, I'm already hooked on alcohol pretty bad. But he, you know, then he does it. I also <laughs> love um, when he was like, oh, I wish I could come with you guys. And um, uh, Wyatt's like, oh, well, do you have a helmet? And I love how he like, he says that, right? But it's not like Billy has a helmet. But anyways, um, yeah, well. but then like Nicholson gets like this classic Nicholson smile on his face. And he's like, oh, do I have a helmet? I've got a beauty or whatever. And then we see them on the bike sex and he's wearing his old high school football helmet. Yeah, yeah. That was so great. She's like, you saved this for your son. Yeah. Like, oh, boy. I know. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. They make it to Louisiana and yes. they... Um, Go to this brothel that they've been told about. Yes. Um, and they meet these two girls, and then they, and then this, it kind of shifts. It's all shot on kind of handheld when they go through, um, mm-hmm. when they're going through, uh, through New Orleans, through the city on Mardi Gras, which there's I think a, is good. Yeah, and there's a lot of like what looks like early morning stuff because there's yeah. a lot, you know, it's like dawn or daylight. They must have tried to get footage at night. Like you want to get like night footage so. in New Orleans, right? Yeah, right. Uh, if it's Mardi Gras, but I wonder what happened with that. I don't yeah. know a lot of shooting stories of this film. Um, I do know that when they shot in the cemetery and um, Fonda is up on the statue, you know, the yeah. woman or whatever she is, um, Hopper was trying, tried to get him to, to talk to the statue. Like it was his mother. Oh, who had commit, committed suicide when he was 10. Oh his dad, of course, you know, Peter Fonda or, or uh, Henry Fonda around yeah. for a while, but, um, yeah, wow. and so like they got in a big fight over that, but eventually he did do what he does in the film when he's like, "I hate you, I hate you so much," you know. <sighs> wow. And then uh, the girls are stripping, and yeah, it's yeah. just you know, it got weird. It's um, some people say it's like, oh, it's uh, one of the first examples of experimental film in uh, mainstream movies, which well, I guess is true in America, right? Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a it's a good sequence. <laughs> It is. It's, I mean, it's crazy. You, feel, you feel like you're freaking out with them. Yeah. And I feel like we don't really, I was, I noticed this, I mean, I feel like most of the, the shots in the graveyard, so we see a little bit of everybody's perspective, I think, for the most part. Although I don't know that we really see much of Billy's, but it's mostly um, Karen Black and Wyatt. Um, it's a little bit of um, Tony Basil, too, but we, you know, she's completely naked at some point but we don't necessarily i guess when we see like it do we see perspective shots that's mostly just Wyatt's Fish perspective eye stuff but but and then we there's, see that, a there's this lot guy of... who's i don't know if he's real or not but there's this guy yes. who's there um holding a service or maybe he's just and he has like paying respects or something and they kind of keep like messing that. with him yeah 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 that was that was really weird um so I was wondering with that, too, like if they just completely hallucinated him or if he was somebody from one of their past who like they actually knew. I don't know. Doesn't really matter, I, I guess. Don't know. Didn't look uh, but but nobody's really having a good time. Right. No. Everybody's having a really bad. No, everybody's. Trip. No. And right after that, they're on the road. He, and he's like, we blew it. We blew it, Billy. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, what he's <laughs> he, there's nothing that specific in the movie that they blew. But he's just saying that we blew it. We blew our shot. You know, we blew our chance to drop out or to find America or whatever because – and the movie agrees because right after that, it's uh, – Oh, we're scared of these whole boys. <laughs> they just get I like, blown away. I mean, I feel like I've heard 
somewhere about the ending of this, but just maybe I just didn't remember. But, like, when the guy was like, oh, let's scare him, you know, whatever, um, I didn't think he was actually going to shoot them. I thought he was going to shoot around them or at them or freak them out. And then, like, he's like, oh, we need to turn around, not, like, so we can help Billy, who we shot. No, so we can shoot Wyatt. Well, it's, you know, it's it's all... It's very abrupt and it's uh, hyper violent, obviously. But yeah. the, the really scary and more real, realistic thing is when they go into the the diner, you know, in, oh my gosh, in yes. BFE Parish in Louisiana, and they're yes. just you know there to get some some food, coffee or some food, and then there's the sheriff, you know, with the good old boys who start talking about like uh, is that a woman, you know, look at that long hair, yeah. and then <laughs> maybe this is a little fictional, but then there's the table full of like 16 year old girls who are all like yes. hey they're like we're gonna get we're gonna die yeah right we should probably go yeah yeah but you know this this could only be and i'm glad it was uh you know from a, a white perspective Dennis yeah. hopper but you know it's not just white people who feel that way when they go into places <laughs> no absolutely so absolutely seeing a little bit more how other people have to live but yeah. um uh, and then they I, they I, get attacked. I'm assuming yeah. that night at the campfire. Well, the guy and says they're not going to make the parish line. Um, I guess they didn't hear that. Yeah, I don't think they did. I'm assuming it's people from the diner who come and attack them. Yeah, um, it's got to be. Yeah, I have to say real quick that uh, although yeah. although you like it now, Uh-oh. that ending does happen and it, it's very abrupt. And you're like. So who gets the money? Oh, shut up. <laughs> That's what they want you to ask, man. I know that's not what it's about. And <laughs> that's it's like watching to be... Citizen Kane and being like, so what happened to the sled? <laughs> Somebody going to clean up that snow globe? Wow. Bad things, man. All right, anyway. I got to watch my mouth let's around move... you. <laughs> let's move on to my film, which is much longer and more complicated. And somehow we're going to talk about it in less time than that took. Uh-oh. Uh, my film was The Bridge on the River Kwai yeah. from 1957. Yes. Uh, this is just one of those things where it's like, I ain't never seen it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I just never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's 1957. Uh, of course, it was uh, directed by David Lean, mm-hmm. uh, director of Lawrence of Arabia and a lot of uh, amazing films. I believe um, that's this, on my list because I have not seen that. This is, of course, one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another one that I think if we ever have to put a bullet in the head of this show, th- I will be. This is my. You remember how Desmond uh, was saving uh, our mutual friend? You know, he was gonna. He wanted to be reading it when he died, or he was gonna read it before he died, or whatever. Unlost. Unlost. Sorry, unlost. Okay. okay. No other Desmond in the world. Well, that, I thought that's what Tutu you meant. somewhere but... was crying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like he was sailing his boat and he thought it was gonna crash. He's like, oh, I gotta get my book. This is like a dumb thing. But anyway, Doctor Shivako. Doctor Shivako. Oh. Movie yeah. I have not seen. I have it on. You Blu- own it. I have a two disc copy of it on Blu-ray. Let me preface. You <laughs> yes. own it. But uh, yes, David Lean movies are for me like you know they are the stations in my life, and okay. I don't. I'm going to open that one just before I die. Oh wow! But anyway, uh, yeah, he directed this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it stars William Holden and Alec Guinness and Jack Hawkins, and um, well, I guess I'll mention the guy that played Saito, uh, Setsuo Hayakawa. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, a bunch of other people who are very good. Um, what is it about? Well, That's it's... Abridged. Wow. <laughs> That's Abridge. Um, Great. I could just say that. 
It's about a bridge. Um, it, Is it a proper bridge? Yeah, right. Um, it the, the film takes place uh, during uh, World War II. And um, it is in the action of the film takes place in the South Pacific um, on in most of it takes place on a little island somewhere not far from Ceylon, Sri Lanka. I'm not sure if we ever pinpoint the exact location. It's in Burma, which would be Myanmar now, which is, you know, right by Thailand and and, uh, tucked in there. Yes. Um, so there is a, uh, Japanese, uh, camp for, um, the allied prisoners of war. Um, and, uh, so they have a lot of prisoners there. The, uh, general there, General Saito, uh, has been commissioned to build a bridge over the River Kwai and it's gotta happen by such and such date. Otherwise he has to commit suicide. So he... (sighs) wants to make it to happen uh there are a lot of push and pulls and conflicts along with that uh there is a uh and alec guinness is a um a general in the british army uh they butt heads a lot in the beginning um and uh there is an american navy officer who is also there who has been there for a while uh played by holden he ends up escaping and in a B plot of the movie? I don't know. Um, Hard to say. Um, another plot of the movie, he ends up escaping and gets um, basically recruited by the uh, the British Army to uh, come on a mission with him, them to blow up the bridge. Yeah. Uh, and that's more or less the film. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it was shot in uh, then Ceylon, now Sri Lanka. Okay. So a lot of a lot of things are turning over. Uh, Ceylon. I was saying Ceylon. Uh, I think it's Ceylon. Ceylon. Okay. Yeah. Where okay. the where the T comes from? <laughs> okay. But that's that's complicated. There's a lot of compli- uh, the, It was based on a book written in '52 okay. by a guy named um, Pierre Buell or something like that, okay. who was in a situation like this. I think he was okay. part of this. Is there's a lot of historical inaccuracy, but it's based essentially on the real life um, Burma Railroad or the Death Railroad uh, that the Americans Ooh. were forced to work on. Okay. Uh, that like just as like it says in the film, you know, led from Singapore uh, across to, across Burma. Okay. And so yeah, the conditions. Are bad in the movie. They were way worse in real life. Okay, interesting. Um, do you ever see any POW camps in uh, the Pacific? I keep looking for ways to wow. recommend the Pacific, and it's I just like, yeah, skip it and just watch Band of Brothers. I don't but... know that we do. Honestly, yeah. we see a lot of really horrible conditions, but I can't remember <laughs> a lot of horrible atrocities. Yeah, right. Uh, <clears throat> but I can't remember if we actually see. But anyway, any war camps. Yes. Yeah. And it's. Um, I don't know about the book, but the film has. I don't want to say it's tragic comic but it has comedic elements it does. and it certainly has satirical elements and a real sort of that kind of british um sardonic yes like well, why, why are we doing this you know it's like mm-hmm. we're queen and country or king and country in this case a lot of things are different yeah and yet the movie is mocking that as well like uh-huh. and i just don't you, you, it'd be real. I mean, we just watched Easy Rider, a movie by Americans, right? Uh, two two men who grew up off the fat of America who turn around and attack America. So right. I mean, it's it's cultural commentary, but 
British seem to have this really good way of, you know, have, supporting these institutions and also going like, aren't they crazy? The movie ends with <laughs> literally people on the same side trying to kill each other yeah. to accomplish something yeah. that was so small to begin with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, man, it's rough. Uh, how does mm-hmm. this compare to speaking of David Bowie? Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> a movie with wow. uh, it's very similar in a lot of ways. It's also about a Japanese uh, camp, work camp. Do you remember that movie I... at all? I'm just trying to remember it. I don't think I remember it very well. All right, we'll just listen all. to this uh, so, recording that's of horrible. Blue Jean. Blue Jean, look at me. <laughs> um, I, um, I don't know what to say. Oh. Okay. This is clearly... Okay, you know what? I do know what to say. This is a clearly epic, well-made film. Yeah. That is incredible in a lot of parts. And, you know, the... The cinematography, well, the directing by David Lean and the cinematography by, um, I think, Jack Hildyard is, they are, they're showing off. Because this is 57. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got film figured out at this point. Mm-hmm. Although we still can't <laughs> can't make day look like night. No. Uh, there's there's a really point. bad part where, I don't know why they felt it necessary in every other scene. I mean, you can just tell it's not night. But they're taking... Um, Obi-Wan out of the out of the box because yes, uh, Saito right. is going to try to ply him. He's going to try the carrot instead of the stick. Yeah. And then some of the guys in the hospital uh, see this going on. Yes, I know what you're talking and about. And so you – it's – everything's like that. But then there's one part that I guess was too light, so they darkened it out. They and it's darkened this like really rectangle obvious. out and it just does not – especially on Blu-ray. It just does not no. work. Maybe that you could have got away with that in a, in a projection theater back in the day. But, right. But that – none of that matters because you've got, of course – the photography around the bridge. You've got the yeah. gorgeous when they're trekking through the jungle and yeah. all those scenes. There's a there's a shot in this that I call the Jaws shot. Uh-oh. And it's okay. when they have these little pontoons or these flotillas that the um, the foreman used to direct the work in the river when the men are putting oh, yes. the piles in. Yes. And this is after um, Guinness has said, okay, we're going to help these guys because this, this is how I'm going to discharge my duty. Instead of just... Go ahead and dying like it. There's a lot of talking about dying for your duty in this movie. Yes. Um, although nobody actually gets to take their life, even the Japanese guy. Mm-hmm. And so they get onto this pontoon. And while he's talking about all his officers get on there. And then the pontoon pushes off. Or there's a rope, I guess, that they drag. And the camera's, I don't know where it is. It's on the corner. But this yeah. is like a 1957 camera. I don't know how they're doing that's, this. That's true. And the whole thing just takes off. And they're just going off into the river. And he's telling them what they're going to do. And the whole time you're getting it from this corner that's true. You know, yeah. perspective. And it's just like, it's just an amazing shot. It is. And, 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 and it's all not, the time that's happening. The, and it's not the, self-conscious. I just bring it up because I was looking for things like that. But the entire time that they're having this conversation too, the, the, uh, a lot of the rest of the men are goofing around in the water. So there's yeah. lots of things that you could be distracted by in the corner of your eye, you know, a lot but, of activity, yeah. but, um, but you're, you are still like, it, it's done in such a way that you, you notice it a little bit but you are still focused on on what's happening there's also this graves moment when they they take um i gotta stop calling him obi-wan what's his character's name um oh nicholson they yeah, take nicholson, nicholson. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> nicholson and nicholson this used to be a hell of a great country <laughs> and they changed the name to Myanmar. um whoa they uh they they bring him in and saito's tr- giving corned beef trying to get him to drink some johnny walker yeah and He's not Nicholson isn't swayed, but he sort of changes his idea about what we can accomplish here. 
and he um, and he goes over and he, he he barely he can stumbles over to the model of the bridge and he kind of bends down to get a good look at it and the camera I always forget the tilts I always forget the moves but sort of tilts down to follow him and when it does we we see under the table where Saito's at and we see that. His leg is bouncing, like his hand. Yes, is on his I leg. noticed that too. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. He's so really this, nervous. Yeah, and you, so this whole time you think like he's dealt with a hundred commanders like Nicholson who just won't get in line. I don't think he has. But no, but and I think this is before we learn that he'll be forced to kill himself if they don't make this bridge on time. You right. Know? Um, but so you just get a quick glimpse into like he's not as calm as you think. He's not in control of the situation. He's right. at the end of his wits. It's a lot of some good psychological lensing. Yes. For a film in the 50s. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was just like, uh, Guinness has some really great speeches on this, too. Um, and just like, I think that they, you know, whether or not you necessarily agree with his character or what he's doing, he's clearly somebody who believes, uh, you know, there are certain things in the army that, that should discipline. Um, dis- discipline is important mm-hmm. uh order is important decorum and the rule of law right yeah. exactly and he he clearly you know he he stands by that and and we see that by him you know not uh bowing down to to saito and like he I, I don't i don't think film should have a rock solid structure but the structure is where this i start to lose this film like this yeah. film is beautiful i think i hate it whoa it because it doesn't you can't just leave – it's two different films, isn't it? It kind of feels like you that, You can't yeah. just leave – I like, I'll watch my – you know, my – I guess Merry Christmas is always flashes to the trials in the future or whatever. But, like, y- you can't just leave your prison – your sad prison camp movie and then just start a different movie that would be, like, a good James Bond movie. Yeah, right. Like, I remember thinking – or asking you when we were watching it. I'm like, are there sequels to The Bridge on the River Kwai? Because I love the character of Spears – yeah, this or guy shears? or shears yeah this guy who he's i don't know why he's 40 and he's not an officer in the navy I but know. he's in the navy yeah probably running from something <laughs> he listed and he gets uh his boat sinks and he's with his co but his co dies so he don drapers his co yeah then he gets just caught on some other thing and ends up in a prison camp for a couple of years yeah then he escapes the prison camp right Rides the fake CO identity into like a cushy uh, island hospital, yeah, where he's caught up by in Sri Lanka, yeah. And, and this would be, um, you know, the um, the special service or, or or whatever the OSS or that was the American branch, but like a British intelligence yes. basically who go, we know who you are. But it doesn't matter if you work for us. Right, right, right. And so right. now he's this guy who's like, I don't even know what's going on here. And he's like trying to shirk and get out of it all the time. And these they're assembling like this commando team that he has yeah. to go with. And it's like, this this is a great series. It is great. I would somebody make this series. Yeah. I want to watch this series of movies. Uh no, he's dead. <laughs> they all die at the end. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody well, dies at the end. Yeah, so. pretty much. But uh but so you've got that movie going on, and then you've got um Nicholson, who has this early moral victory, you know, where he out um, Geneva conventions, the Japanese guy. And yeah. he does, doesn't really win, but the Japanese guy's like, I don't I don't give a shit anymore. Like, we have to get this bridge done. Yeah, or right, right, right. Yeah. And so he's like, well, it looks like I won that one. Yeah. And then because he won that one, it's sort of like, 
die by your principles, live by your principles, because yes. now he's trapped in this thing where it's like, well, well you know, we have to build the men bridge. are just idle. We would have made work for them to do anyway. What if we built this bridge? But then we told people, you know, we built this bridge because after yes. the war, they're going to use this for civilian years traffic and, and freight and, and, and medicine and stuff like that. And so what if we do that? And it's like, well, I don't know what your CEO would think about that in, in the uh, Admiralty, but uh, go for it, I guess. Right. And so he's trapped in this to the point where, yeah, he's literally fighting like British soldiers at the end of the movie until he realizes. He's like, what am I doing? Yeah, but and, which is a little on the nose because he's like, yeah, what have I done? Yeah, right. Well, you, what you've done is you've kind of ruined a moment at the end of this movie. But that's okay because then your second in command will go, madness, madness. <laughs> And well, like, and then like, well, and that's uh, yeah, that's right on the nose too. I so. know. And then he's like injured, and like he like falls on the explosive, like as the train's going over the bridge, which is like to take the the decision out of his hands. But I'm like, don't put your characters in a moral situation and then let him out of it. I mean, he gets yeah. out of it through death, but yeah. still, I think that's I... what drama is for—to push people past the breaking point. And then see what they do, and then see them deal with what they yes. did. Yes, I, I, I think I'm with you. I, you know, especially the way that you're, you're talking about it right now. Uh, I feel like even with the two separate storylines, and 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 like you said, that's not necessarily great, and we don't necessarily flip back and forth through between them really well. I, I think it ends up okay, but the very end the very end like you said you take it out of his hands and you have those lines that are on the nose yeah. you you kind of sullied your your film a little bit but i think the 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 way of what i was saying before the the british like social satire is to to point to the situation yeah i can't remember if i've actually made it through catch 22 oh i don't <laughs> which even which is not british by the way right okay. but it's also a thing where it's just setting up like Oh, the military has got rules about this, and but I have to do this, and but isn't that against this? And it's like you just do your job, you know. And so, but I, there's a couple scenes where characters are kind of put in a situation where, well, they've crossed a line now. It's like, no, you haven't, because something else weird happens, and then it's fine, and nobody ever knows what you did, right? And so that, that's like fun in like a I don't picaresque kind of novel or something, but felt like you were kind of asking questions, but then also William Holden is playing grab ass on the beach. I want to talk about William Holden. Yeah. I love William Holden. Holden, I, I think I love every movie that he's in. Yeah, I don't think that he's like a great actor, but he is. He's a screen star, and he's not even a great screen star because, like, he's like beef jerky, you know, below the neck. But he's got like a fat head. <laughs> he always wow. kind of looks like, <laughs> you know, like a bulldog. But god damn, it, I, yeah, he's in so many movies. That I, he's in Network, you know, he's in Sunset Boulevard, he's in The Wild Bunch, which. If you don't pick, I'm just going to put on on the show someday. Okay. Um, he's just been in so many great films. Yeah. Like Karen Black. You yeah. Know, she's just been in so many films that I love. Yeah. Let's get those two together. <laughs> I think they're both dead. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's just great in this. And like I said, I just would have loved uh, a long running serial with him in the role of. It's, it's just I would have loved that too. Cheers, he's busting heads, jumping in and out of bed. I mean, I guess I, I do want to talk. I think that would be fantastic, first of all. And it is totally a lot of like a plastic explosive around. Right. And... <laughs> there, there are, like we mentioned, a lot of really great like comedic moments in this. And, and one of them is when they're talking about going to blow up the bridge. And, 
you know, he clearly still doesn't want to do it, even though he's said that he will. And they're talking about, well, have you parachuted before? And he's like, oh, no, I haven't. And so he's like, oh, phew, I can get out of it. And they're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll schedule some tests. And then... Um, uh, test jumps. Yeah, test jumps. And then the guy comes back and he's like, well... They don't recommend it because, uh, you know, you, you, you jump once, you have a 50% chance of, uh, you know, hurting yourself. Second time, you have about 80. And, you know, I don't think and that's so how statistics for, work. But, but yeah, it, it, it progressively went up. And then, and then like, so, so we think you just, uh, you know, you just need to go on the mission and you just need to, you just need to jump. And then he, he, there's like a beat and he's, he looks at them and he's like, with or without a parachute, and they both erupt into laughter. <laughs> Righto, yes, yeah. jolly go. Yeah, yeah, like good one. And then yeah. he kind of like is like, I guess that was. Funny. I jump off this balcony and get yeah, away. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, that was great. Um, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's more to say. There has to be more to say. Um, the, okay, the, the, yeah, the, the guy. So so anyway, yeah. if this was made later, if this was made in the '60s, mm-hmm. or if you gave, uh, I was, forgot to mention that Terry Southern um, also wrote the script for Easy Rider. If Terry Southern got a crack at this, mm-hmm. we would have made a, a farce out of this. Oh, and yeah. there are elements that are farcical, like when Nicholson is they're nearing the end of the project, and he goes into the hospital, and the doctor guy who's yeah. been he, madness, you know, he's, yeah, he's been the guy who's you know been the sanest one. Uh, in this whole bunch of bananas the entire time, he's like, um, you know, you got some malingerers here, right? That happens, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't, th- these men are all like in trouble. Like they're all yeah. hurt. They're all right. sick. And he's like, let's, let's, you want to give me soldiers? Yeah, right, right, right. And so he goes in and he gets a bunch of guys and these guys are literally just doing it because they care so much about their CEO. Yeah. And they walk out of the hospital and there's like this calliope music playing. I know. Like there are a bunch of goons, which they are. Well, and a couple of them are not walking that well. No. Like, and who no. knows about the others? You know, maybe they have ailments. We Did the guy see. get shot in the foot because he's feet of clay? Because these militaries have feet of clay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's answer some questions that you asked me, but other people might not know. I want to say something real no. quick. No. Um, one nitpick. Uh, so Colonel Saito, uh, some, is this a, ja- is this uh Iti Dakimasu with Usagi? Uh, no, oh. this is a Japanese pronunciation, um, gripe. That's Japanese. No, not with him. Oh, sorry. People saying his name. Yes. His name is Saito. Yes. Not Saito. It's I can't. Orens. Yeah. Um, so many people said his name, Saito, at least. Clifton did, and, and Alec That's Guinness... Saito. Yeah. Clifton did, and even Alec Guinness did it at least once. Red Hot Saitos. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, Yes. So, anyway. um, Yeah, and I he, he was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy who played Saito. Yeah. I love the... They're just dueling Trumps, because <laughs> they're both like, I take no responsibility for anything that happens to you. It's all in your head after this. Yeah. And then later on, he's like, well, we could have got started on the bridge a lot sooner, Except for that unpleasantness, which was not my fault, of course. <laughs> what, 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 you're just you're fighting the war still. You I know. know. What, what do you want to do here? I know. Um, you asked about uh, what the um, thing was, the stick that uh, yes Nicholson carries around. Yes, and that is a uh, swagger stick. Okay, like the name. It's usually just uh, like a riding crop or something like that. Okay. It's so dumb, but it's just. How did that get started, I wonder? The Romans. Really? Roman commanders used to carry like a vine stick, you know, or like a, a branch around. 
kind of as a symbol of authority. Hmm. And it was <laughs> – it's, it's authority because authority is – pain and punishment right like because i will whip you right but it was the only thing that you could whip a roman citizen with a slave hit him with whatever you want but a roman citizen could only be hit with this something that was held by you know a superior officer oh wow so it's like that's something we could probably drop but of course Patton and monty and everybody else you know kept him around still because this whole thing is just swinging dicks wow what else you asked about the what else did you ask did you ask about the suicide pill no no it was uh the l pill um Right. The um, the lady speaking in English on the radio. Yeah, she 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 said it was uh, Radio Tokyo or Tokyo Radio, and I was like, why is this in English? Tokyo Rose. Tokyo Rose. So she was in, Tokyo Rose. Well, she was one of them in World War II. The Japanese had female DJs that would be on radio stations, and they would play news updates and they would play music, but it was all propaganda. And it was all designed to demoralize the GIs, which is why in the film she says, this is, we're signing off Tokyo Radio. Don't volunteer for anything. Wow. Yeah. And they got they got native English speakers to do that. They got talented. No, they got talented uh, Japanese women who, who, who uh, were fluent speak in English. English. Yeah. OK. OK. And so it was this whole okay. propaganda wow. organization. Yeah. Wow. OK. Huh. Interesting. I never heard about that before. Um. I can't explain the Ninja Girls. <laughs> the Ninja Girls? Well, I did like that the Japanese, I think, actors, for the most part, were Japanese actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was good. White people, who cares? But I'm, I'm sure most of the British guys were British. And the um, Thai girls were all, like, Thai or Vietnamese. That's cool. It wouldn't have been Vietnam back then, I guess. But Man, uh, no, wait. Yeah, French what Indonesia. Would it, what, French Indonesia. And okay. Urugu-China, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, but do are there really... Uh, Sherpa girls who also are paramilitary commandos. I don't know. <laughs> who are gorgeous and yeah, like, they, they tw- and like 25. Yeah, so yeah. two things. One, casting's always important. So the casting director of this film just walked into a modeling agency in Thailand right? and just cleaned it out. Yeah. And then here's let's, let's pour one out for the humble location scouters because the oh location in this film unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Just the place they put the bridge. Yes. The, the camp. Yeah, the camp, uh, the with all the hiking vistas, um, the waterfall pools. You know when they get jumped by the guys. Even the um, the, the botanical garden in uh, uh, Ceylon, the hotel, yeah, which is all the practical. Hotel I kept looking at that vista behind him, thinking it's it's got to be a painting. You know, yeah. it's got to be a, a matte okay. painting. Well, that's just it's a yeah. hotel somewhere. Yeah, they must have spent a fortune in 1957 bucks on this. They film. must have. Um, what else? Uh, madness. Uh, yeah. Right. <sighs> There was something else I was going to say. Oh, the USO show. Now, I don't care. You know, drag mm. show, great time. Yeah. However, in 1957, there are a lot of men in bras and blonde wigs on screen for a long time. Is the movie in 1957 trying to cast them as girly men or whatever? Their duty was to resist to malinger, to not get this bridge done. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of laid down in not, this is not how Nicholson wow. sees it, but like I, there's just so many men in dresses for so long. And then when he's giving his big, big speech at the end, you could just show the men, but they cut specifically to the one, you know, Irish looking guy. I know he's British, um, you know, who's literally got his makeup on, you know, still. And he's in his, uh, his, his crop top or whatever. And he's like, so true. So true. Did you feel like they were doing a thing? I didn't get that. Okay. To be perfectly honest. 
Um, Not saying I think, it has to be. I think that's an interesting. I, th- um, I know there's a long tradition of of <laughs> rum shot. I mean, the last. No, I'm just saying uh, of cross dressing and entertainment, and stuff right? Like that. Right, and, and that's kind of like what I got from it. I did think it was a nice touch that. So I don't know, like we were talking about. When did they have time to build the stage? Yeah, they built the stage. When did they have time to make they their get costumes, the... make their wigs? They got a. They had what'd they one pay... single blonde wig. What they pay the musicians with? Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> just yeah. Uh, I did think it was nice that on the stage, the backdrop of the stage or the curtain or whatever you want to call it, they they wove an image of the bridge in that they built. No, they that like, was nice. Yeah, they built like a I don't know what you call it, a sculpture or assemblage or. Right. You know, it was like wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was like in the screen, though, wasn't it? No, I think they built a, a mini model of the bridge. Maybe they've used that model at some point in construction. Huh. Okay. It's real. Yeah. But, um. Madness. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Um. I'm, I like a movie where I, I think that, you can well, black up and it's totally necessary. <laughs> that's not what they were doing. No, I know. I know. Um, so what it was the character's name? The British guy, Warden, was that his name? Sure. Um, so we see him very early on at the um, at the botanical gardens, like um, playing with this plastic explosive, and he's just like casually tossing it in his hand. And you're, we're just like, what is what? And then like it freaks um, uh, Sheer out, and he like kind of just like tosses it at him, and he's like, whoa! And he's like, oh, it doesn't, it's not activated. It's it doesn't go off unless it's activated. And he's like, oh, no, right. Well, I mean, you might have to explain to audiences in 1957 and you in 2020 how plastic explosive works. Yeah, I get it, but I just thought that that was, I, I it was kind of comedic, you know. It was it was a nice anyway nice touch. Um. Not as much bridge building as I was led to believe. Five out of ten. Whoa. <laughs> where's where's all the bridge building? <laughs> I got, it's totally ridiculous and um, uh, a comedy of errors, but the ending is, is fire, though. <laughs> like, the ending is right up until madness. <laughs> like yeah. It's, the ending's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It is. like, kill him. Kill him. Stab and him. then he's like, and then like. He, I don't want to stab Obi-Wan. I know. And then Holden's like coming across the the river and he's still saying kill him and he's getting fired at yeah. and he's like still like Droom. so anyway uh definitely recommend both films yes yes that's it for the show we got a beam out of here real fast uh you can find us on facebook and twitter we'll be back with another episode of just enough trope uh sunday night monday morning check out all the other shows on the just enough trope network and that is it we're signing off um what do we say Stay healthy, stay safe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>